Welcome to episode three of Adult Music, your podcast for music for the mature mind. <laughs> your hosts, for the adult Russ mind. and Mike here. What do we have up for the listeners tonight, Mike? Well, today is the long-awaited, at least long-awaited among people we know, um, Jazz Grammy uh, rundown. We're going to go through uh, the entire Jazz Grammy list, and we're going to throw in contemporary instrumental music, too, and... Uh, Talk about what we think about uh, these albums that are nominated for the uh, Grammy and the Jazz and Contemporary Instrumental Music categories. Well, that sounds like a lot to do. It uh, was. I should say at the <laughs> at the start here that I'm really not an awards type of person um, in any categories of life, uh, and especially in the arts. I believe that the performance and the creation should be the reward in itself. Uh, the only good thing I can see coming out of it is giving some artists recognition they might not receive. But inevitably, I always feel that someone undeserving won something or someone else was unrecognized. And I usually, for many years now, I haven't even paid attention to who's won any of these. So uh, I've prepared myself an adult beverage to get That's through all of this. And I, I want an adult beverage too. I don't have one. Oh, we well. have to prepare one before episode four. Yeah, then. it's too late now. I'll have to have one afterwards to, uh, you know, because I think I'll need one after we're done with You'll all these. You'll probably need several <laughs> after we're finished with this. Yeah, speaking of awards, I just want to say my approach towards, I generally don't like the Grammys, and we, especially when we get to the classical Grammys. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'll, we'll talk about that when we get to them uh, next time. But in general, um, I, I tend to like uh, classical music awards from certain magazines like uh, the Gramophone magazine in Britain and Diapason magazine in France. They do these year-end... Well, the Gramophone has the Gramophone Awards and Diapason has a year-end list of the Diapason d'Or d'Année, which means um, their picks are the best albums of the year. And I often find things that I miss. The, the classical music releases for the entire year are just... It's just... There's so many... It's hard to keep releases. up with them all. Yeah, it's hard to keep up with them all. And I, I often find the, a lot of good stuff that I missed I, when I look at those lists. So we, I, we will, by the way, on the uh, Adult Music Podcast, be looking at all the uh, albums up for the Gramophone Awards when that happens around September. So stay I tuned for that. I do look at the Gramophone uh, year, list, year end list every year and find there's yeah, I like something too. I missed. And I like their perspective more than what I'm going to get in a lot of other places, too. Uh, right. The Presto list. We both like Presto music too, so that's yeah, a good Presto list to look at. Presto put out a list of. That's right, Presto music. Hey, Presto music, uh, you can uh, sponsor us too. We love you. I order stuff from you all the time. <laughs> the the Presto list. They did their first ever list. Uh, Presto music in the UK. Uh, it was a hundred. They they listed a hundred albums, and it was pretty overwhelming. There was some pretty intriguing stuff on that too. A lot of vocal music that I wouldn't have otherwise listened to, and that I really liked. So, it's worth looking at too. All right, are we ready to start? Let's get going. Okay, by the way, to our listeners, if you want to keep score at home, you want to go to www.grammy.com and uh, click on the, uh, when it says uh, 2021 Grammys Awards Show Complete Nominees List, you want to check on, click on, sorry, Jazz. I'll put and the link in the do. description so they can get a quick access there. Yeah, there's actually, it's not just grammy.com, there's a whole... 2020 on Grammy's complete nominees list thing. Okay, so you can you can take a look at that. All right, so here I am. Oh, by the way, uh, I, I like to think of this as the the adult Grammys because 
jazz and classical aren't televised. They're not part of the uh, Grammys broadcast. You can watch it on the internet. It's pretty fast. They go through it pretty fast. Um, but uh, Part of my issue with the Grammys, I may as well get this out of the way now, is that I've been looking at these, especially the jazz lists, for um, several years now. And it seems to me that the uh, committee has their pet artists that seem to be no. nominated every time no. at an album. This drives me crazy. You know, I don't know that these are all the best albums of the year. In fact, we have, I think we have our list of what we, we thought opinions. the best albums of last year were. So uh, we can talk about that a little bit too. What's missing from these? I have um, just a few that I would have liked to seen recognized. I don't know if they're best or not, but yeah, uh, this was, they're noteworthy for, for some reason. So. Yeah, for me, this was a mixed bag. There was some really good stuff in here, but there was some stuff that I really didn't like at all. So we'll, we'll talk <laughs> about that when it comes down to. Okay, first category. This is number 31 of all, the entire Grammys category. Best Improvised Jazz Solo. Now, I have to say, I didn't know how to like judge this. I kind of listened for how the solo was put together. And I have a pretty good idea of who I liked here. But um, it's, it seems like an odd thing to be judging. It's a hard of category. All the numerous solos yes, that happened. Of all the solos on all the albums all yeah. year uh, to give an award for the best solo. Yeah, um, they now they limited it. They whittled it down to five. Who who knows how? I don't know. But uh, here we go. This is what we have. The, the nominees are uh, Christian Scott Atunda Ajua on um, his on the track Guinevere from the album Axiom. Uh, let's let's just go down the list. Pachamama uh, by Regina Carter, violinist. Okay, is the soloist on this, and this is a track from the album Ona by Thana Alexa. Uh, the track Celia, Gerald Clayton, the pianist, is the soloist here on his album Live at the Village Vanguard. Uh, All Blues, the old Miles Davis track, Chick Corea from his album Trilogy Two, and Mo, last one is Mo Honk, played by the soloist is Joshua Redman, the the saxophonist from the album Round Again. We're going to talk about all these albums in more detail because they're all nominated in other categories. Anyway, what do you think? Hmm. First of all, Christian Scott Atunda Ajoa, what did you think of this? Uh, not much. This, this, this track only. Um, it's a screeching chromatic solo. <laughs> uh, it'll get your attention. But as far as, uh, as far as a, a solo that stood out to me in its content um, doesn't stand yeah, out among want, this group, no. Yeah, I don't want to say too much about this yet because we're going to talk about this album later. Um, but I thought this, I kind of liked the sound he got at the very low end. It was kind of surprising that he got down so low. Um, I thought this, the, the recording of this, but we're going to talk about this later, was really distorted. I, I'm kind of wondering. It's a live performance. I had and to I'm stop kind of listening to it because of the yeah. percussion. My eardrums. Oh, you, you don't like the? I like the percussion. Well, it was overbearing. It was, it was just okay. too much for me. So, and I don't. Yeah, I generally don't like this sort of uh, new fusion sound with electronic things. Uh, oh well, I I, okay. I I can't handle too much of that these days. So okay, well let's get into that when we get to the album. Anyway, so the solo next one, Pachamama Regina Carter soloist. I thought this was pretty nice. I like this one. Yeah, although, well, we've already talked about this album, uh, yeah. and we'll have our differing uh, opinions on it. Although I didn't care for the album much, I really did like this uh, solo. Uh, it, mm -hmm. it, it was sort of, the on the con in the context of the song, I was surprised to have a solo. She was really reaching 
with uh, different scales and yeah. uh, built up a nice climax with it. And I thought it was a unique uh, solo, especially on this album. So I, I like this one a lot. Yeah, nicely paced. A good uh, sound, kind of a, you know, kind of a, I don't know what the, what you'd say, a bit of a folky kind of yeah, yeah. violin sound. To have a yeah. violin improvised solo is always nice if it goes somewhere, and this one really did. Yeah, I'm going to have something to say, by the way, about the Christian Scott Atunda album. Um, he has a flautist, a jazz flautist named uh, Elena Pinderhues, who I like a lot. Anyway, but we'll get to that. All right, the next one is Gerald Clayton on the track Celia. Um, for this one, there was some. I, I liked. He he built his melodic and figurative ideas really well. Like the, I thought the whole um, solo was very organic and sort of complete. You know, he he started. He finished ideas that he started. Didn't just kind of go off in any other directions. I thought this was really kind of nice and linear. And I think he took some chances in it too. I thought it was kind of a bold solo. It was good. Yeah, I like this. It's uh, a very modern solo uh but he builds it well and uh in the middle mm. of it there's some nice two-hand runs where he's mm-hmm. sort of ru- you know running together uh building up some uh yeah some tension yeah, no, he- and then it has a nice shape to it uh and yeah i like the solo I, I wouldn't say it was anything outstanding but when i went back and looked at this track and said okay now i'm going to listen to the solo i said okay <laughs> yeah that was a good solo yeah good one yeah all right speaking of well put together solos next one is chick Corea. this was absolutely fantastic i i think this has to be my choice for the uh winner of the group here uh he was really spontaneous all the way through um he's and he's always appealing it's, he, his whole his whole style just is, is like this big smile you know it's very positive and you know and he uses a wide range of expression in this too i really enjoyed this a lot well, every solo on this album and pretty much every solo played by Chick Corea is great. Yeah, uh, yeah. not I, only him. Christian McBride is on this album too, and he has yes. some pretty great solos as well. We'll get to that, we'll talk to that later. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. It has the quality, you know, the best solos have a quality of uh, inevitability. In yeah. other words, they they wouldn't have been any other way, and they sound as if they were composed. And it takes, you know, that experience and that, that mind that can compose that uh, on the spot and to create something like this. And so this was a, a great solo. I, when I listened to this album, you know, over the last year and a half, however long yeah, it's been out. I've been listening to this quite uh, a while too. I, this particular solo didn't stand out more than other ones. Uh, like I said, right. I think they're all just as good, but this is certainly a, a great solo. So yeah, no argument mm-hmm. here. I think it's the track. They, I think the, uh, the Grammy people like the, the track so they kind of well and everyone will from there. be you know drawn in by the infectious groove of all blues from the beginning so it's an easy mm-hmm. one to like right and you get to reminisce a bit about uh bill evans playing on that but he uh the original one but chick doesn't sound anything like bill evans in this solo it's really very different no it's a nice song yeah the original. yeah it's great and the last one is uh from the track mohawk uh this is joshua redman on the saxophone um i liked this solo i thought it was uh really smooth he used a very conjunct it was kind of um no no big leaps in this it was really really a very smooth solo um he really locked in with the rhythm section incidentally on this album the rhythm section is the same as on the uh, chicory album it's um christian mcbride and brian blade again and the the way they just locked in made this solo very appealing i thought um 
Yeah, the way the rhythm yeah, is locked good. in. It was good. It was pretty exciting, I, I he think. He really runs through and hits all the changes with really fast lines and phrases. Yeah. And I think he can do that so accurately because the rhythm section is so tight. Yeah. Um, so it's, a very, it's an got. excellent solo. I, I'm not a big fan of his uh, sound, uh, mm-hmm. his tone. I've just never been you know turned on to it. And uh, this whole album, considering the personnel... I thought that the total is uh, much less than what the parts should sum up to be. Uh, we can talk about that uh, later because it shows up again. Uh, right. But I, I, on this track I for the, the solo, impression. anyway, it's a it's a very good solo, and uh, yeah, it's structured This particular nicely. track is very good, too, so that helps a lot. It's kind of an upbeat sort of right. track, and it, it's, it, it, was, it was pretty exciting, the soloing in this. And it, he had the best solo on this track, I thought. Yes. Because Brad Meldow also has a solo, but he... He's kind of he goes for a more atmospheric kind of uh, you know feeling. Yeah. So okay. in this uh, this area, yeah, it's hard to beat Chick Corea with his uh, passing. It won't be a surprise if they, although he won't be able to receive these awards in person. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he wins uh, his nomination. Well, I'm uh, assuming. Here. Remember the uh, the Grammy Awards were supposed to be held. On January thirty first, right, and they uh, delayed them because of the uh, coronavirus. Oh, that's right. There so some it's sort already of, um, deci- been decided. We can assume. So yeah. Yeah, I think it was decided before Chikorita passed away. So I, you know, I assume he might have even been at the awards. So Possibly, yes. you know, we really don't know. I have to say though, my pick in this group is Chikorita. How about you? Yeah, so I, I will go Chick- with Chikorita. Or uh, to go out on a limb, I'd I'd like the violin solo. Because it no. was sort of something different uh, too. Um, I didn't feel that the the piano, uh, uh, Joe Clayton and Joshua Redman were anything mm-hmm. that I, you know, I haven't really experienced on lots of albums. So um, okay, well let's do it this way. I haven't okay. So my my favorite is is the Shakira solo, um, and I also think that's the one that's going to win the Grammy because I think I think they'll pick him. He's like a He's an elder statesman. He was an elder statesman, and I think they would go for him. So, which one do you think is going to win the Grammy? I think Chick will probably win it. And is that your favorite one too? I really like this album and everything on it. So, yeah, I guess yeah. I'd say it's my favorite one. Okay, so we're all we're all in for Chick on this one. Okay, yes. so so let's do that. We'll go through them and we'll say what our favorite one was, and then we'll say what we think the Grammy committee will choose. So we'll have two different choices okay okay and we'll we'll kind of keep score of who the grammy chose against who we thought the grammys would choose okay all right next best jazz vocal album we have thana alexander's album ona ona kurt elling secrets of the best stories carmen lundy modern ancestors somi with the frankfurt radio big band conducted by john beasley wow holy room live at the alta opera and Kenny Washington, what's the hurry? All right, first, Thana Alexander's album. I guess Ona was what you'd say. O N A. It's it's uh, three capital letters. Oh, they're all capital letters. I don't know. Anyway, what did you 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 already talked about this with me? But what you start with this? I'll have something to say about it too. Uh, I thought this was must have been a mistake because it doesn't sound like jazz to me. Uh, sounds like a I pop would, album. I um, agree with that. Yeah, so I don't, and I don't think she's a jazz singer in any fashion she doesn't have the stylings and uh the sort of uh rhythmic phrasing of a jazz singer 
nothing wrong with her voice. It's uh, very nice pop music. I felt um, overall uh, this the overall impression of the album was kind of bland to me, and that was mm. about it. I didn't really pick up anything to really like or dislike about it. Uh, but I know you feel differently about this one. So yeah, this album like it, it kind of reminds me of the way. I don't want to say pop, but popular music, kind of like a sort of a little um, under the radar, really cool popular music uh, used to sound like in the 90s and 80s. And in fact, she does um, two cover songs on this. One of them is um, Massive Attack's track, Teardrop. And uh, I really loved that, the original Massive Attack album from 1998. And I liked this one too. Um, I liked the way she did it. And I think this album also has uh, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, the Tears for Fears um track from the 1980s and i thought these um first of all this album it's very elect it's very i don't want to say electronic but it's very it's it's an electric album the, the, there's this big fat bass and a lot of like it's highly produced you know, which also kind of turned me off from produced. it too so okay but it's got a lot of um you know kind of cool kind of percussion grooves at certain points it just brought me back to a you know a what I thought was a better time. So I, I liked it. I, I would agree. It doesn't really sound like a jazz album to me. I think albums like this get classified as jazz because when you, um, when you think about jazz vocals, you think uh, great American songbook, you know, songs by Gershwin, uh, you know, that era. And uh, I think uh, those, this part of that songbook now, it's not the great American songbook. Maybe it's not even great. But uh, songs from the 80s and 90s are making their way into jazz covers now. And uh, there were a few on this album. All right, so I liked it. I would I recommend this. Give it a listen, I'd say. It's it's uh, kind of in your face and electronic, electric production, okay? So maybe not everybody's uh, thing in, for not every jazz fan's thing. But, you know, my, my pop and rock past made me like this album. Anyway, there you go. Next, Kurt. Elling. Okay, a singer I really like. He's got this nice kind of, you know, sort of sweet but manly voice. Okay, he's sort of in the uh, he's just above the baritone range. He's not I guess I'd call him a tenor, but he's kind of in the low, the lower end of the, the tenor range. He doesn't really go up for anything very high. Uh, this is um, I really loved his last album uh, The Questions. Yeah, he should have kept of the this best one. Stories. He should have kept yeah. this one a secret though. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> because, uh, <laughs> you know, you I've listened to ahead. some of his other albums and uh, he does have a good voice and yeah. I enjoyed when he was doing uh, either unique interpretations of standards yeah. or he had some, he was working with an arranger, I forget the name, who was you know, fitting uh, the material for his voice and his stylings, which I think is really important for any vocalist, even the greatest vocalist. The mm -hmm. song makes the singer. Here, uh, this just doesn't work uh, to me. Uh, the idea sounds good. He's taken some uh, formerly instrumental songs and added vocals to them. Hmm. But what he's trying to do with the melodies doesn't really come out to something that I find very musical. And overall, this album just is very bland and uninteresting and it was really this was really hard to get through for me uh i think the formula here is just not suiting what he does best so i give a hard pass on this one 
Okay, I I I thought this was okay. I didn't dislike it, but if I if I think Kurt Elling, I'm gonna really go for another album and not this one. Um, yeah, it's it kind of it didn't really stick in my mind. It, it was okay, you know. I would if you like him, you might want to give it a listen. All right, next one, Carmen Lundy, Modern Ancestors. This is a really good album, but again, I question whether it's jazz. What do you think? I call it jazzy R and B. Yeah, it's kind of uh, it's, it's interesting R&B with jazz touches you know? because uh, we had noted that uh, Gregory Porter is not in the jazz category this year, and his music it could also be called jazzy R and B. The new album that he has, uh, I found kind of interesting that it was. Um, it's got larger arrangements and more production. Although I found his vocals are actually more confident and he sings really well, but maybe that different production now has pushed him in the other category where I felt this album uh, could go in an R&B category. I liked it. Uh, I found overall it's got a good feeling and atmosphere. Uh, The songs carry themselves well and uh, it gives you a general happy feeling when you listen to it. Uh, Carmen Lundy sings very well on it. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Nothing in particular to recommend about it, but uh, I did enjoy giving it a listen. I liked it. Her voice has a lot of soul. I kind of felt like this should have been in the R&B category and Gregory Porter should have been in this category, but it's actually reversed this year. I think they want, I think Blue Note Records, which is uh, the label that the Gregory Porter album is on. um, They're going very uh, funky lately with lots more R&B type of things I've noticed. They wanted him in the R&B category because I think they thought it would give him a more um, exposure. Right. So I think that's why they did it. But he, I, I feel like he belongs in jazz. Marketing. He's, he's really a jazz singer. It's it's a beautiful voice, by the way. If you haven't heard it, All Rise by Gregory Porter. Give it a listen. He's yeah, or uh, the one, one of the really appealing liked, voices uh, in jazz. What's the one after that? Back to the Alley? Was that before Back or to after? the Alley. That was a good one, too. That's great because it has very sparse arrangements with lots of space which is really what yeah. I'm into these days. And so his voice is there and it's just supported with just enough instrumentation that it never gets in the way, uh, which happens a lot on uh, modern productions with all those tracks and loops and effects available. Yeah, Take Me to the Alley. He also did an album called Liquid Spirit that was also really great. That's good too. And Yeah, there's a, on the... Uh, what do you call it? The um, deluxe version of that. He does a cover of, um, uh, oh, what is it? What is that Ramsey Lewis track from a long time ago? The um, the in crowd. Oh, in crowd, right? It yeah, is great really, too. It's, it, you you know. can catch some videos of him with only his uh, pianist accompaniment uh, accompanying yeah. him, and it's rather very naked and vulnerable performance, and he just sounds mm-hmm. great. I uh, like that too. So anyway, we digress. Yeah, Let's get back to. He these, has a great uh, vocal timbre. Yeah, he's not yes, in this yeah. in this crowd. Unfortunately, but anyway, that's right. Next, Holy Room. Somi is the vocalist, and she's with the Frankfurt Radio Big Band, conducted by John Beasley. And she also has uh, two friends of hers who are soloists here. Uh, Toru Dodo, Tokyo's from Tokyo. Toru Dodo on the piano, and Erve Samb from Senegal on the guitar. And from the John from John Beasley conducting the the uh, virtuosity of the Frankfurt Radio big band. I mean, they swing really hard. Uh, her two soloists. I feel like Somi, the vocalist, who's up for the award here, is the weak link on the album. 
I, I, I kind of wanted to hear this as a Frankfurt Radio big band album with those two soloists. I, I feel like she kind of doesn't live up to the... Uh, she, yeah, she was outclassed by everybody, I felt like. I feel exactly record. the same. Not to say anything mm. bad about her. She just... The the context is just overwhelming. And mm. I feel like the the vocals are sort of treading water to, to stay above this uh, big beast of a band. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was some of the interplay between the vocals and the band was interesting, but overall it, it, I couldn't really sort things out in this soup of sound that results. And this uh, Frankfurt radio big band shows up again here, I think on another recording, don't they? Well, John Beasley uh, does. Uh, Maybe it's him. No, aren't they yeah. in another category with the, um, the large ensemble yes are they? the songs you oh, like a lot one oh they're on uh, that too and okay. i feel i i feel bad to say this about the vocalist and but <laughs> even more so on the other album i just want to take the singers away and let this band just really rock and swing it out and see what they can do because they sound really like the players are really capable and they're gonna do yeah. well but they're sort of you know, subverting to these vocalists here. So I said, get the vocalists out. Let's hear this Frankfurt Radio Big Band. I'm going to actually uh, look them up after hearing these two recordings and see if they have an all-instrumental album where they just, you know, play their asses off. Uh, so, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, actually, kind of a muddle release, are, I found. Yeah, there are older uh, Frankfurt Radio Big Band albums that where they're the, uh, the main attraction. Yeah, that's what I want to check but, out. But on this one, I really enjoyed also the piano playing of Toru Dodo, who I'd never heard of before this album, and Erve Sam's guitar playing. He, he's Senegalese, so he has that sort of African way of playing these kind of almost circular sort of um, patterns uh, that, are, that are really hypnotic. I really like that a lot. I don't want to disrespect Somi so much. I mean, she's a perfectly good singer, but I just feel like, uh, you know, this, this, these, the instrumentalists that she has on this album are really very high caliber and too high caliber. For her in the in this circumstance, anyway. All right, last one. What's the hurry, Kenny Washington? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is uh, this is the fun one, and this is the the real jazz one here. Um, he has a very interesting voice. Uh, you're not quite sure if it's uh, a male voice or a female voice when you first hear it. Uh, it's a high tenor. It's a very and it's kinda, high. It's, it's a really tenorish light. voice, yeah. although he does have sort of mm. uh, lower overtones uh, in it. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, he he can just swing any phrase. He's got incredible mm -hmm. phrasing and timing, and he's having a great time. Uh, you get a feeling that with every phrase, there's a smile and a wink. Uh, and this album is uh, mostly, st is, I believe it's all standards, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, which you could say is either safe or daring. Uh, but what he shows here is that he knows all these songs and he knows how to phrase them. Uh, I think he could probably sing, you know, any jazz standard or uh, other original from, you know, jazz groups or musicians. Uh, and I know he's been around for a while, but uh, he's sort of getting noticed now, finally. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, very unique sounding uh, timbre to his voice. And it's just uh, yeah, really, it's one of those singers, like we don't have this year, but uh, Catherine Russell uh, has mm, been nominated so in the good. past few years. And he has a lot of that quality when you when this voice comes on your mood is just going to change to happy 
because mm-hmm. they're conveying that wonderful you know happiness there they get through singing and it's very infectious and uh, so yeah his singing is just great so yeah this was a lot of fun uh, for me to uh, listen to this album uh, yeah, what's I've the hurry yeah what's the hurry it's called yeah he right. has a good time singing as russ said and i so do we listening to it yeah uh, yeah this was this was a really fun record i kind of if, if you know you got a you got a rainy day there just put this on and the sun will come out it really is that well, it could have uh, been you know if you have a whole it's album really of good. standards it could be really boring because oh, i know all these tunes but here was a voice that i didn't know singing tunes that yeah. i already knew but in a really fun way and so i was with him right to the end so yeah, yeah absolutely i enjoyed this a lot too it's not a very long album either so no. it's it's easy to get through although you, you'll kind of wish it was longer i think by the end all right so who who's gonna who who do you like best in this group i like kenny washington me too who do you think is gonna win <laughs> i don't think it's gonna be kenny washington yeah i have no idea i bet they're gonna give it to kurt elling oh because he's made an vocal jazz album on social themes hmm. well is it is it are these social themes some of them are yeah okay um because he's won before and i think they go uh, for um that would be know, terrible i, I don't eh, it, it would be a bad choice this year i think uh, he won with the questions which i thought deserved it that year that was a really good album um but i bet they'll give it to him again they they always do that uh, anyway that's that's my pick what do you i'd like to see you know i think like uh, Catherine Russell Kenny Washington is a guy who's been working at his art and craft for some time yes. without a lot of recognition and he could use that uh, Elling's been noticed already I think he mm-hmm. has a good fan base so like I said one good outcome of an award is talent deserving of wider recognition and that's why I'd like to see Washington yeah. win it, but well, I'd like to see him win it too. Give me, give me a pick though. Who's who do you oh, I don't, think is going to win? I have no idea on this one. Uh, yeah, this really is kind of a. If Gregory Porter were in this group, I think he'd definitely win. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I think I don't think he'd have much competition here. I, I although I think the Kenny Washington album it, it really does deserve attention. It's really really good. Yeah. Okay, best instrumental. J- Jazz instrumental album. Now, I these are my favorite. Well, not they're my second favorite. I'll, I'll, we'll get to this later. Type of jazz album, but the field this year. Oh, this was the hardest uh, field for me to get through, with with one exception, of course. This is right. pretty poor nomination, so I'm very disappointed yeah. here. Yeah. Okay. Now the first one is. Uh, let's just let's comment on these one by one. So the first one is Ambrose Akinmusire. Is that how you say his name? Akinmusire. I believe so. On the on the tender spot, a very calloused moment. This was a big jazz album this year. Okay, now I think Akin Musira. It's he's really in a. You have to kind of like the type of thing he does. He's got sort of he he's a he's a trumpet player, and he's got the uh, his sound is very kind of ugly. Uh, yeah, dark kind of. You know, it's 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 not. If you if you think of like great trumpet virtuosos, their sound is usually really bright and sunny, kind of. You know, it just kind of rings out. Whereas well, his the trend in, it's the trend in recent mm. years is for this darker sound. Uh, so yeah. there's a lot of players that are are aiming and achieving this kind of sound now. Yeah, his sound would be the opposite of what you usually get: deep nighttime. And he kind of tries. He's he explores a lot of the uh, 
timbres of the um, instrument. You know, he'll like kind of. Well, you're the trumpet player. You can tell me. Yeah, I'm, I'm not like, a fan get of the spitting sound a lot. And I'm not a of fan the, of his playing so much mm-hmm. or of his compositions. I find the solos to be kind of rambling. And um, my, the the thing I like most that he's done actually is the album that he played with Tom Harrell on. I think it's called Something Gold, Something Blue. And yeah. um, because, well, Tom Harrell's a master composer and having those compositions and... Uh, sort of counterpoint with the with Tom Harrell's trumpet. I actually enjoyed that one. But I, I haven't really uh, enjoyed many of his solo releases. And um, this is another one that I, I've listened to it a few times and I think I'm done listening to it. Um, it just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine him being a sideman because he's so... You know, how, how would he fit in? I guess he would have to change his approach. One of the things I got on this, I, I thought this album was eh, okay. It was a little, wasn't really what I wanted to hear, but I can kind of see why people like him. He, um, he's kind of intriguing. The, um, he doesn't. It's it's not what he plays that's really interesting, but it's sort of like what approach or the sound that he's gonna make, you know. So I found found myself kind of hanging on to, oh, what's this gonna? What's the next phrase gonna sound like? Or you know things like that. He he kind of colors his sound really in interesting ways. Um, so I, I mean, this, this isn't really an enjoyable album really, but, uh, it's, it is kind of intriguing. I'll give it that. I don't know that I'm going to listen to it much, but, uh, definitely worth a listen. I'd say my notes have right. disjointed again. So next Terry anyway. Lynn Carrington and social science, um, waiting game is the name of the album. This is a double, <laughs> this uh, of the entire field, you know, of the jazz field and the also instrumental. This was the album I liked the least. In fact, I didn't like it at all. I shouldn't even say I liked it the least. That's being too polite. I I found this painful to listen to. Not because it was kind of um, you know, uh, you know, off, you know, off-putting or it's like really kind of brash and like noisy, but because it was just so, I don't know, it was just bland. It it's a very first of all, a very kind of political album. Um, but it's not political in any um sense of you know we have to handle this particular problem it's kind of more of kind of general sloganeering on the songs and uh at the end there's a four movement sort of instrumental um uh piece that was yeah it just felt really disjointed it was kind of noisy there was a lot of like in you know different people playing different things at the same time sort of thing. Like you heard a lot in the, again, what I think of as 20th century music. I didn't like this at all. Ugh. I'm not sure this follow, qualifies as a jazz album. Uh, yeah. No, I, we should mention Terry Lynn Carrington is a drummer. So, she, you know, you know whether she's in it. The, the category know. description says for albums containing at least 51% playing time of new instrumental jazz recordings. I don't think there's 51% jazz here. Uh, and there's a lot of vocals on this album too. I found yes. this insufferable. Uh, yeah. I would never mm. listen to it again. Uh, I just yeah, long, boring, and uh, not th- in my I definition think the very of jazz. Long, I think the very long instrumental composition at the end is what there what counts as, um, you know, the, uh, the instrumental. Oh, is part. that the jazz part? I think I was. Yeah, I, well, the the instrumental part. I don't I know how this got into this. Anyway, so. Um, yeah, I don't know how this got into this wait- category. It, the name it is really Waiting is an Game. Instrumental album. I was yeah. really waiting for the end of this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this next. 
when we had the when we had the assignment to like listen to all these it took me like i couldn't listen to all this in the same day i was like oh i had to get away from it anyway next okay gerald clayton pianist happening live at the village vanguard what's happening yeah it was good um I don't know much about this pianist. Again, this was a new name for me. Um, I think he's... Uh, is he the guy from the Netherlands? Is Am I confusing him with someone else? Uh, I, I believe he does have some sort of international uh, background. Um, I did look up his bio. Yeah, this, yeah, is an okay, I, I, this is an okay album. I didn't think it was outstanding. Uh, I did... It's it's one of the few on the list that I listened to and said, yeah, okay, and I followed along. I didn't find the overall interplay between the musicians and the other soloists anything special. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already commented on his one solo that was nominated. Uh, I'm actually surprised that this was uh, nominated in two categories. It, this certainly yeah. is certainly an okay album, but I... Just thought it's kind of an average release myself. So, yeah, I get, I should mention this guy is uh, he was born in Utrecht in the Netherlands, but he's uh, started his jazz career in Los Angeles, in the USA. So he he was really raised there. He's I guess okay. he's practically American. Um, he probably is American. I don't want it doesn't say here, so I don't know. So he's, he's born abroad. Okay. Um, yeah, he, he's very common. He's also fairly young. He's 36 years old, so maybe they're trying to get him some exposure. Okay, next, Chikoria, Christian McBride, Brian Blade, Trilogy 2. This was a major wow. Okay, now if anybody knows um, Chikoria's album Trilogy with the same ensemble, these three uh, these three great musicians from 2014, um, that, was, that was fantastic in itself, but I thought this was even better, mo- mostly because the entire album is these three musicians, and th- there aren't any guest um, players on it. Yeah, no um, no it, extra it, singers on this one. Yeah, that was okay. They, those were good, but I really wanted to hear these three. And man, they were just fantastic. Every solo was great. Christian McBride had these fantastic um, melodic bass solos. I was really impressed by that. The The whole thing is just, just pure joy from beginning to end. I, I can't think of enough superlatives for this. Yeah, I, you know, Chikri has done so many types of music. And uh, when I was younger, I, I enjoyed you know, fusion jazz and uh, electronic music. I remember mm-hmm. back in, must be 1988 or so, I, I went to see the Chick Corea electric band. And I think he had uh, Dave Weckl, John Patitucci. I had second mm-hmm. row seats. And uh, who also played was Spyro Gyra. Oh, uh, I remember that. Yeah. And I remember mm-hmm. I had second row and I thought I'm going to have a good view into this huge South African uh bongo player uh i guess he was known locally uh, uh set right in front of me and turned around mm-hmm. and talked to me through the whole show i'll never forget he was just <laughs> annoying john Smythe was his name uh, john if you're out there uh anyway uh but these days i i don't really enjoy uh fusion jazz and electronic music uh, like i did in the old days so i always gravitate towards uh Chikri's acoustic uh piano playing and mm. these two albums the trilogy the of course the the solos and everything are great but the interplay and communication between the oh, musicians yeah. is what's the highlight for me and they're yeah, also absolutely that too the recording mm. is excellent for live recordings they're not available in high res that i've seen so i think they're not worried about 
the the product his production was not worried about you know jumping on the new bandwagon i think they have uh the same recording engineer he's chick Corea used since the 1970s and so all the instruments are recorded perfectly and yeah. you can just sense the communication uh between the players on both these releases and uh, yeah, just fabulous. I, I can listen to them again and again and always find something new going on uh, between these three. Yeah, this is probably the jazz album I listened to more than anything, any this other one great. last year. It, uh, yeah, it was, it's just, it's pure joy. Um, you mentioned that Kenny Washington like brought a smile and uh, I got that from Chick Corea too, all three of them really. Uh, just from the, the opening track, um, you know, Chick's um, sort of um, intro from the first notes he plays. It's just riveting. I just love this so much. Tr Trilogy 2, everybody. Definitely uh, add this to your collection or just put it in your uh, streaming or whatever. It's just fantastic. Okay, last one. Round Again. This is another uh, ensemble that um, got together again after many years. Um, Joshua Redman, Brad Meldow, the pianist. And the same rhythm section is on Trilogy 2, Christian McBride and Brian Blade. This is pretty interesting. Now, these four played, the last time they um, recorded together was in 1994. I actually looked this up. It's, it's a long time ago, really at the beginning of Joshua Redman's career, or his recording career anyway. And th they've uh, reassembled and done this album. And th there's some real hotshot musicians on this album. And like Russ, well, I'll let you say it. Go ahead, please... Uh, Give your opinion here, and I'll kind of add to yeah, it. Yeah, my notes say uh, good, but not great. The sum is less than you the expected total of the parts. Um, yeah, very good players. Uh, I just never got the feeling of rising to some sort of, uh, mm. you know, that next level of communication or exactly. uh, production. Yeah. It, it was good. But, you know, I listened to it uh, two or three times, this release. And, uh, yeah, yeah uh, as I said, I'm not a huge uh, uh, Redmond fan. I remember seeing mm -hmm. him when he was very young, live uh, at uh, Jazz Festival. Um, mm -hmm. Meldau, I'm, I like a lot of things he's done. I, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, and uh, I, uh, Christopher McBride is, you know, the bass guy right now mm. but uh, I have seen a few uh, live performances of um, Mel Dow that were you know, very good I when I watch his live performance and compare it to the recordings that I have I feel like you know he's maybe brings something to a live situation that doesn't capture on on record so well as as some performers are but the whole of this album it just never especially as a re maybe or because it's a reunion of players who have played mm -hmm. before it doesn't quite capture the magic that one would expect uh, from this combination yeah they do lock in really well but you know, that that's probably the rhythm section there there McBride and Blade are so good together right i just kind of yeah this um i just expected more from this caliber of musicians you know the playing is fine there's no problem i think it's probably the compositions that they didn't have enough it didn't feel free to me. It didn't feel like there was enough space. Right. Um, I'm actually a very big Brad Meldow fan, especially of the uh, piano, the trio. His trio is really fantastic. Um, check out a record they made called, oh, there's so many good ones, but the most recent one, Seymour Reads the Constitution, I thought was fantastic. So you should listen to that one by Brad Meldow Trio. 
All right. This one, yeah, it was good. It's very, it's, it's well worth hearing. It's, it's an enjoyable record, but it's kind of, yeah, I just expected so much more. I thought it was a little bit of a, of a letdown, but I can't really complain about it. It's perfect. It's a perfectly good album. All right. Ready? Next one. Best luck. Oh, we got to, we got to pick who's going to win this group. Chick wins or else the whole thing is a sham. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say my favorite is definitely Chick, okay? And he should definitely win this. Uh, if the Acad- I'm going to pick Chick to, to, to win to the Grammy, the Academy to pick. Are they the, yeah, the, so I keep saying the Academy. That's the Recording Academy, right? Yeah. I'm going to pick them to pick tri- tri- Chick too, because I'm going to, I'm going to have faith. They may choose Akimusira. It's possible <laughs> if they want to be arty. I thought Trilogy 2 was the best album here, though. Anyway, Definitely. here we go. Best large jazz ensemble album. This is your field, Russ. You want to take well, the lead here? I did play here? in lots of big bands over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, again, four albums containing at least 51% playing time oh, of new ensemble jazz recordings. Uh, yeah. We have Dialogues on Race by Greg August. Yeah. And Bass player. We have uh, the Monkestra plays John Beasley, the director of the Monkestra, although I don't think all the tunes are his originals, uh, but there are some. There are there. a few Monk tunes he, on this There are a few Monk tunes there. Yeah. Uh, who's we've heard before. I think he was been nominated in the past. Uh, I think he's won in the past. In the past, perhaps, yes. Then we have mm-hmm. uh, The Intangible Between by Oren Evans and the Captain Black Big Band. And we have the presumptuous title of Songs You Like A Lot, uh, which maybe I necessarily... Do Not by John Hollenbeck with Theo Blackman, Kate McGarry, Gary Versace, and the Frankfurt Radio Big Band again. Who really and, aren't swinging here the way they did on the other no, album. It's a, um, because it's, of this these, is an odd album. Because I have of these vocalists. About this. And then we have the Data Lords by Maria Schneider Orchestra. Oh, wait, wait, did I say Trilogy 2 is my favorite jazz album of the <laughs> I like this one a lot too. All right, let's we'll get to that. All right, first dialogues on race, Greg August. All right, what do you want? Do you want to start this one? Uh, I don't want to listen to any more albums that have recitations on yeah. them. Uh, I found this uh, dark plotting, and uh, despite there, there are some some spots where there's nice instrumental work, uh, his bass playing and some other uh, musicianship. Uh, as far as the sort of ensemble parts and uh, keeping the energy that you can with a, a large ensemble through different you know uh, types of orchestration, I, I just felt I was dropping out all the time on this album uh, and I didn't enjoy it. So I, a hard pass yeah. for me. Yeah, I didn't enjoy this either. I uh, I will say about Greg August, he he is actually uh, involved in classical music. He's uh, associated with the Orpheus Chamber Orchestra, and uh, you can kind of you can tell when he bows his instrument, even when he plucks, he gets this big, full, beautiful sound. Uh, something obviously he worked on a lot. Okay, is his tone. Um, so his playing is actually very good. I liked the first track on this, and then it started to kind of plot. It got really... This whole album was just tedious to me. And again, it's called Dialogues and Race. It wasn't really a... I looked into the background of this. It wasn't really a virtue-signaling album. He composed this when 
Barack Obama won the uh, the presidential election in 2008. I think he composed this and finished it in 2010 and then never recorded it. And then he just recorded it now, you know, when, you know, race is just in the air in uh, the U.S. So it's, 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 it's not really, it's not lecturing or anything like that. They're just sort of these little sort of dialogue kind of spoken recitation sort of things on the album that deal with um, certain issues. Um, the whole thing, to me, there were some tracks that were good, they swung, but all in all, this kind of had the uh, feeling of like an, like a high concept, like art school graduation project to me. I, I you know, it, it was one of those things where if you're in art school, I had a friend in art school and, you know, he had to do his final presentation thing and it was some performance art um, project that was just really horrible to sit through but he's your friend so you kind of you know you applaud and things like that I yeah this didn't do anything for me really okay yeah let's skip right, next. It. let's get on to the next let's meat, get on. meat yeah. and potatoes here alright the Monkestra yeah I like this one this uh, great arrangements hot solos these are my notes uh, there's some harmonica on here too I think uh, yeah hot solos and uh, a, a variety of styles I don't know if this really excites me as much as the previous albums, the Monkestra. Uh, he's got two other ones, I believe, that I've heard. Um, and maybe I haven't just haven't listened to this one uh, enough yet. Uh, but, I mean, in the same character, uh, you know, unique arrangements and great playing. So, yeah, no problem with this nomination. I think it's one of the kind of original and unique large jazz ensembles out there today yeah they're great they're great players the uh there were two albums the monkestra did two albums before this they were uh, all felonious monk uh right. compositions it was volume one and volume two and both of them were fantastic yeah, seek great. those out if you haven't heard them this is the third and it has a few monk uh compositions on it some of them are beasley's compositions um it's good um the playing is fantastic there's some odd decisions I, I think the production kind of—it's a good sounding album, but there's some odd things about the production I didn't like. Like tracks three and four fade out. When you've ever heard like a, a big bands a jazz, don't usually fade out. Yeah, yeah, big bands usually don't fade out. That kind of got me, and I was really getting into um, track three. I, I don't have my uh, track list in front of me here. I could I could check this out right now. It was it was one of the monk compositions. Um, Hang on, well, maybe they just it. couldn't decide on the ending. You never know. Yeah, maybe. But it, yeah, it was uh, Monk's Mood. Uh, Monk's and Grégoire Marais was playing on that. He, we'll f talk about him more later, too. He's a harmonica player. And track four was Donna Lee. Um, not, not a Monk composition, yeah. I don't think, right? Yeah. But, you know, they, they both faded out. And especially Monk's Mood. I wanted that to continue. I kind of wanted to hear it out to the end. Yeah, that's what I'm... The overall impression isn't as strong as the first two albums. Uh, yeah, I also still thought, good, but yeah, yeah. Beasley's um his arrangement. He I guess it's a, the arrangements of rhythming and uh, off minor the two two monk tracks. I feel like like monk's um, music. It's it's really quirky. It it it's, it, it yeah. feels very angular and it's sort of surprising. And I feel like he kind of smoothed out those angles in in his uh, arrangements here. I, it wasn't as um, it was it was he kind of softened the quirkiness and it was a little too slick. Um, I liked his his arrangements on the uh, previous two albums a lot better. I don't know what's going what happened here. Yeah. Anyway, Which brings it's, us. Uh, it brings us to the the next one, mm -hmm. uh, 
the intangible between yeah. uh, Orrin Evans and the Captain Black Big Band, which I yeah. oh. should say is the only nomination among these on uh, Smoke Records. Oh, uh, which is nice. Uh, I didn't realize that. Yes, and uh, mm. I feel, you know, pretty much the same about this band as I do the Monkestra. Uh, great arranging, uh, mm. very good smoking solos. Uh, it's exciting. A lot a of edgy, too. A lot of yeah. edgy stuff here. Uh, mm -hmm. Taking some chances with a fresh sound, and so mm -hmm. yeah, edgy is a good word. I like yeah. this uh, ensemble, and I'm happy to see uh, both them and Smoke uh, getting a mention in the Grammys. So I'm uh, yeah, pretty positive about this selection. You should mention what what is it about Smoke Sessions that you like so much? Well, you know, they started as a uh, a jazz club. Uh, you can read the story. I, I don't want to uh, state anything inaccurate, but I believe it was the owner and uh, one of the workers who I believe was a German uh, immigrant who was just working in the uh, bar or restaurant. And then they decided that there were so many great sessions and after hours things happening at the club that they, they should record them. And they, without having any background in recording technology, they sort of... Uh, studied and got a lot of advice uh, from musicians on which microphones and techniques of recording capture the best sound. And uh, it's turned into a record label, uh, including live performances, but also uh, studio albums. And they have some of the best and uh, upcoming players and veteran players in the New York area. And mm. uh, I just find that they're putting out you know, the releases that I want to listen to again and again uh, in the past uh, several years. So um, I have lots of them that I can recommend. I, I will at the end in some of these categories. Um, but uh, it's nice to see uh, one of their larger ensembles, uh, the Orrin Evans and the Captain Black Big Band, get a mention here. And uh, keep your eye on uh, Smoke Sessions because uh, they're doing a lot of nice things. They have some upcoming releases too that I want to talk about uh, in the spring. So ah, uh, very okay. good stuff. All right. All right. Next one. Yeah. yeah. Songs you like a lot. Again, with the Frankfurt Radio Big Band. Uh, you know, this is strange to me to be in the large jazz ensemble album category because we don't get to hear the ensemble enough. We have these, uh, these vocalists here. And I didn't find that the arrangements work really well with the vocalists. And I I wrote in my notes, I just kept saying this as I was listening to it, I want to hear the band. I want to hear the band. <laughs> so save us comment as the other, um, uh, what was the vocalist uh, album that we uh, talked about? The uh, Somi, was it? Uh, the Somi, I really, yeah. I really just wanted to hear this band uh, let rip. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure it's a great band, but this this recording doesn't show them off to what they're capable of. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, we shouldn't be here as far as I'm concerned, as far as the recording yeah, goes. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the, the just the title tells you it shouldn't be there. Songs you like a lot. OK, it's not really a large ensemble album. It's more of a vocal album. Yes. There are multiple vocalists on it. And uh, one of the vocalists is Kate McGarry, and I rather like her. Um, but um the arrangement, okay, the Frankfurt Radio Big Band isn't really a, on their, uh, they're, they're not playing to their strengths here. No, they they no. really, they, they swing hard and uh, none of these songs swing at all. Now, the songs themselves are, 
they're famous songs. How Deep Is Your Love by the Bee Gees, they do. Um, Fire and Rain, remember that? Yeah. From by uh, James Taylor. James Taylor. Yeah, Don't Give Up. That was a uh, Kate Bush and Peter Gabriel um, duet right. in the 80s. Um, so these are the, uh, and they do a song at the end called Knows Only God, which is sort of like a rearrangement of God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. This should be uh, like songs old people liked a lot, like yeah, our age and Songs old people used to like a lot. Yeah. Um, but what's happened here is the arrangements, they, they sort of deconstruct the songs. They don't sound like, you know, they're covers of the, uh, songs that you're familiar with. You almost have to kind of, kind of yeah, put the pieces together to really get it. Yeah. They've disguised them a lot. Um, uh, it was, you know, I was interested to hear it. I don't think I'm ever going to want to hear it again. No. <laughs> it was, I like the songs, though, but I didn't necessarily like what they did with them. All right, last one, Data Lords. This is my other favorite jazz album of the year, and this is actually a really high-concept record, the Maria Schneider Orchestra. Um, the concept, Data Lords, it's a, it's a double album, and I actually uh, have this on a CD, and it's the program is split between the two CDs. Uh, CD one, or part one, I guess you'd say if you're if you're well, you're not going to download it. I'll get to that in a moment. What, yeah, you can download it from her site, but you're not going to stream this anywhere. Um, is uh, deals with the computer world. Okay, this whole manufactured world that we now live in, cyberspace, and uh, it has kind of like a heavy. The music on this. Uh, this the arrangements are kind of heavy they're dense there's a lot going on uh and then uh disc two or part two deals with the natural world and it's a lot lighter it has kind of like a it, it feels more spacious and of course most of us are going to enjoy disc two on this more than disc one but i guess it depends on your on your temperament uh the theme is kind of heavy versus light dense versus spacious aggressive versus carefree and gentle uh on the natural world um, disc. There's a lot of accordion. Um, I I loved this record a lot, and I really like everything Maria Schneider does, basically. But I thought this was really her her best album to date, or her best set of compositions to date. I think it's a must hear, and if you're really excited about it, uh, and you're gonna go to your your um your Deezer and try to download it, um, I hate to disillusion you, but you can't do that. Maria Schneider is very protective of her music, and you have to buy it on her site. You can't even stream it for free. Um, and it costs, this is a double album. The CD cost $35. That's American dollars. Plus they had to ship it to me here in Japan. It was like $50 for this album. I'm glad I have it, but it really cost me. The um, MP3, if you want to download it, it's a high quality MP3, $25. It's a lot of money. So yeah, what do you I, think? I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm a little confused with the categories here because this is considered a large jazz ensemble album, yeah. but I feel like it could easily be in a different category. Of, I mean, which uh, one? Well, let's see. What do we have? Best Contemporary Instrumental Album. Because hmm. I don't feel that this music is classified uh, very well in only the jazz category. I think there's okay. a lot of influences here. So... I think this could easily have gone into uh, the an instrumental category outside of jazz. Um, yeah, Marie the, Schneider, she's an orchestrator, but she also composes this music. And I right. get the impression that a lot of the parts are, you know, certainly the solos aren't written now. She's got some pretty yeah. hot, hot shot soloists in her orchestra. 
but um, yeah, I think she she actually composes quite a lot of these uh, these works. Yeah, uh, for me this is very interesting, and I preferred uh, album two uh, content. Uh, I say it's interesting. I don't feel very emotionally moved by this music. I I've listened to it a few times and. I found I found it engaging in an intellectual, but not uh, too much of an emotional way when I listen yeah, I'll to agree it. With that. Um, so it's a cerebral listen for me, uh, yeah, which is a good thing. I thought so too. Uh, mm. Sometimes uh, it, there's a lot here to listen to, uh, and there's a lot of variety uh, yeah. in here too. Um, a lot of really interesting uh, ideas. I, thought. I guess what I feel when it when you hear the the category. Large jazz ensemble. I see what you're saying. Here, it, yeah. It's paraphr paraphrasing big band, but this is not. Mm. This is not the same kind of music as Monkestra and yeah, it, uh, it really or Evans and the Captain Black big band. This is something different, and that's why I, I feel maybe it would be served better in an instrumental category or something, something else. Because I feel it, we're comparing two different things. If we're trying to decide which one should win an award here, um, it's not big band music. <clears throat> this is something uh, quite a bit different, I feel. Yeah, it is large ensemble music, though. So I guess sure, it does fit. Sure. Categories don't really, you know, these days especially, uh, categories are kind of the boundaries of categories are being broken. So it's this uh, isn't count a lot basic, of things can get lost. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> no, not count basic. Yeah. I want to say, though, if, if anybody's put off by the word cerebral, this isn't like cold uh, at all. It's it's very engaging. It, it's just not an emo. It's not a terribly emotional listen. It's really trying to kind of give you ideas more. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I do tend to like high concept things though, but only if they're, you know, effective. And I thought this was very effective. And it also it's it talks about an issue a, a really genuine issue of our era. This this whole idea of um, you know, computers and the internet just taking over our lives. Um, and it does it not only that, it does it all in um there're no vocals on this album. It does it all in Thankfully, instrumental right, yes. terms. It, it it's pretty remarkable like that uh, these messages get across through the instrumentals now she gives a little help if you if you actually buy the cd um it's it's a beautifully produced um you know package and she writes uh, extensive notes on each composition like what she was thinking of when she did it and that that's help that's very helpful in listening to it it's i thought it was a fantastic album okay who's going to win this category oh, i don't know i pick well my favorite um, album in this category was Maria Schneider Orchestra, Data Lords, and that's also my pick to win the category. I think they'll, they'll choose this one. So, what's your favorite one? First of all, favorite. just just for you, just what I enjoy the... most would either be the uh, Beasley or Evans. Okay, uh, out of those two, I'd like to see Evans win because uh, Beasley's won or nominated before. Uh, so, yeah. I'd like to see someone new uh, get it. Uh, at the same time, I can see, uh, you know, Maria Schneider's been putting... Uh, has she been nominated before? Yeah, she's been and, nominated and won and before. Won. So has Beasley. Right. Oren Evans yeah. is nominated every time he puts out an album and hasn't... I don't yeah. think he's ever won, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, okay, I maybe I'd like up. to see, you know, someone who hasn't won uh, yet uh, win. Uh, otherwise, okay. as to who they'll pick, I, I'm not... 
You're not, gonna not sure I can say. Guess? Yeah, I don't yeah. no idea. Yeah, I'm gonna predict they're gonna pick Maria Schneider. They, she's a she's an Academy favorite. Okay. In spite of the difficulty in obtaining her album, you have to go to her uh, website to get it. We'll post the uh, link for that in case you're interested. Yeah, in, that's and you have money. Well, that's a whole other topic we can talk about too. But certain artists or record labels that are very protective of their their music. Uh, I understand completely the Absolutely. rationale, but I also understand that that means a lot of people are not going to ever listen to it, no matter what it wins. I know it's it's Especially horrible. Young it's people, this music so. really deserves to be heard. Yeah, you know, and it's not an easy album. It really does require a few listens, and it'll you know a lot of the the knots in it will yeah. kind of start to un you know untie. You'll you'll kind of get it. Um, it's very it's a very appealing album, but it's it takes a bit of time for for you to warm to it. I think. All right, next we're on my favorite category in jazz, best Latin jazz album. Oh, I just love Latin jazz. It's uh, it's jazz, and it's got all that usually great Latin percussion, but not always in this case. This is kind of an odd field, actually, this year as well. Yes. All right, so let's start. The first one, this was a real revelation, the Afro-Peruvian Jazz Orchestra uh, Tradiciones. All right, and this is a kind of laid-back, you know, percussive ensemble playing these um, the these uh, Latin jazz arrangements. This is a, just a very enjoyable sort of uh, a very enjoyable album. I liked it a lot. Yeah, let's go through the list first, and we'll give uh, comments. Oh, you want to do that? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And the next one is uh, four questions. Yeah. The uh, Arturo O'Farrell in yeah, the Afro Latin Jazz Orchestra. Uh, next, we have City of Dreams, uh, Chico Pinheiro. He's a Brazilian guitarist. Brazilian guitarist. Mm-hmm. Then we have uh, Viento y Tiempo, live at Blue Note, Tokyo. Ooh, That's Tokyo. Uh, Gonzalo Rubalcaba and, how do you say that? Eme Nuviola. Eme Nuviola. This is uh, the only Cuban, Cuban mm-hmm. jazz uh, one here. And yeah. we have Train's Delight from Poncho Sanchez. Yeah, now he's a Puerto Rican. Oh, he, uh, he's a Puerto Rican descent at least. I don't know. If I believe, he was yeah, born. he's a, a, uh, yeah. American. Uh, he's, a, he's born in New York, maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, so, I'll, yeah. I'll, I can check that really fast. I forgot. Yeah. Okay, um, he is... Yeah, back- no, he's born in Laredo, Texas. Oh, Texas. There you go. Yeah, but I he thought is, so. um, I thought it was a heartland yeah. kind of... Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Um, so the Tradiciones, the Afro-Peruvian Jazz Orchestra. Now, here's another uh, recording that's not easy. I believe it's a digital-only release. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't exist on physical media, which my biggest question uh, when I searched it out and uh, listened and wrote some notes is I wonder why and how they picked this because not many people have uh, listened to it. Uh, I thought this is a fun, good recording. I believe it's the only recording by this group uh, that I could find. Um, yeah, it, the, it's it's fun, but I don't know why it's in the best Latin jazz album. Um of all that were released this year. Uh, I'm only thing I could think when I listened to it is I'd like to hear more from this group because, uh, yeah, it's an enjoyable recording. Uh, yeah. Oh, kind of a mystery yeah. to me where it came from and, uh, how it got on the list, but yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. I I have nothing to add except I think I, I really wish this was on a physical media because I would buy this. I, I liked it a lot. It's a bit short. It's got six tracks only. It's a very short and, recording. Um, yeah. And I wonder I how many people on... heard it before it was on this list. Um, I'm kind of hoping they'll uh, sort of make a deluxe edition and add a few so. tracks and then release it on yeah. a I want to hear more know, from this group. Media. They have some promise. Uh, yeah. The next one, four questions. Uh, this one is another one that doesn't have a lot of continuity. It's got some recitations. Uh, it, it didn't take me anywhere. And uh, yeah, I didn't like it. I'll come straight out and say it. I'm not going to listen to it again. Uh, yeah. The this this actually got worse. I felt like it got worse as it went on. At the end, there was a, this long instrumental uh, composition that just didn't really, it didn't, didn't had you know, didn't do anything really. I didn't like it a lot at all. Um, yeah. By the way, speaking of recitations, one of the reciters was uh, Cornell West, Doctor Cornell West, and uh, doing one of his ecstatic um, recitations of uh, great people from um, African American culture, black Black American culture, and uh, he's very inspiring. If you ever hear him on um, uh, YouTube, he's got real presence, but somehow. This track that he's on doesn't work. Okay, first of all, he's sort of produced into the background a little bit, you know, so he, he doesn't really come across with the uh, power that he usually does. And I feel like the uh, the instrumental that's kind of paired with him just kind of it's it's a kind of gilding the lily. I, I don't think he this this piece should have been on here really. I don't think it works. I don't want to hear any so recitations like on my jazz albums yeah i'm not a big just fan of recitations that. on jazz albums either just stop it yeah yeah, yeah so next City anyway Dreams. yeah let's move yeah. on to the next one this one yeah. um actually Chico i was surprised Pinhead by this because this i guess he's a uh brazilian guitarist he is brazilian at first listen you'll likely question is this latin jazz it doesn't really have an overwhelming uh, Latin or Brazilian presence on a lot of the tracks. And um, it's very subdued playing, uh, relaxing mood. Uh, I was waiting for it to uh, pick up and uh, become a Latin jazz album to me. But I realized that his style is uh, a very relaxed and... Uh, laid-back approach and there's some very nice guitar playing on here he's just not uh he's not a show-off player and i enjoyed his tone and uh the overall feel of the album when i got through it it's not a standout sort of release i'm actually surprised that it got nominated because uh it's very uh laid back as some of the other albums we're going to talk about in a bit are to me so i'm surprised it got uh picked out but i did enjoy it and i will probably listen to it uh, again yeah again this is i think the only reason this album is in the uh, latin jazz category is because uh the, he's brazilian yeah okay there are there are two tracks i think that have like a bossa nova influence to them but really That's this sounds it. like a straight jazz album it yeah. was good though I, I really liked the album yeah. uh well worth hearing um i don't know much other much, much else about him actually no i don't know all right next this is my first first time Next one, Viento y Tiempo, live at the Blue Note Tokyo. This is Gonzalo Rubalcaba, one of the great um, Latin jazz piano improvisers. And with the vocalist Aime Nuviola, who's, who's um, 
I've only recently become aware of, actually. I don't know how long she's been around. Um, I like this a lot, too. Um, it, it was, it was, uh, it's a, it's a, just this big Cuban sort of, um, party. Uh, the, the Japanese crowd seemed to enjoy it a lot. <laughs> it was, they, uh, they were very entertaining. Amy Nuviola was actually very good at, uh, entertaining the crowd. Not always easy to do it. Well, it's, it's easy to do in Japan, but she got them to like sing along at, at certain points. I thought I thought it was, this was really enjoyable. It was a really fun album. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I said again, it was again not on physical media though. My my notes said it was fun. Again, I wonder how they picked it. Um, it seems more like a random live release to me. Uh, I like the music. I didn't care for the vocalist that much. Okay, um, it was a good atmosphere. They obviously had a good crowd. Um, I like that it's a you know a Cuban jazz style and uh, Rubalcaba's uh, piano work is nice. Um, I I'd actually you know like to hear a studio date of something maybe a little more um, organized and set uh, from this group too. Uh, yeah, nice fun release. Um, I didn't find it out outstanding overall in uh, the production or anything, but. Uh, yeah, it's a good time recording. Hmm. All right, and the last one, this is one a big favorite of both of ours. I know, Train's Delight, meaning John Coltrane, Train's Delight, T-R-A-N-E, by Pancho Sanchez. Pudding. Now, I mentioned yeah, yeah, I mentioned he was Puerto Rican, but I'm not sure about, he was Puerto Rican descent, but I'm not sure about that. His his last name, Sanchez, would be Mexican. Yeah. So, and uh, his bio doesn't say anything about his racial background. They just say he was born in Laredo, Texas, and that he's... Uh, played in these jazz groups and salsa groups and he's in, inspired by Tito Puente which kind of gave me the, the 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 Puerto Rican idea. I'm not really sure. So I'll take I take that back. I don't know. But it's very good. Uh, this, well, this album yeah, the mixing Coltrane with uh Latin uh rhythms might sound like a strange recipe, but it's very fun and it works and uh, his albums are uh, in general really good. What was the previous one? Psychedelic Blues? I think. Yeah, he did psychedelic uh, blues, which yeah. uh, somebody mentioned wasn't psychedelic or bluesy. <laughs> no, I think it's the name of one of the tunes. That's why yeah. it's on there. It's just that his albums are always fun and uh, enjoyable arrangements, and yeah. uh, the the cumulative effect of all of the songs and arrangements are always good. I've actually read on um, you know some reviews of albums that he's criticized by uh, percussionists. Uh, or the, his his technique is not uh, great, and he he hasn't uh, improved as a player. I I read some of these, which uh, not being a percussionist, like uh, to me, uh, forgive me, percussionists, but uh, drums and percussion are always in the background. You guys are mood makers, uh, and uh, as long as you can keep uh, the beat, uh, you know that's good yeah. enough for me. Um, it's it's different in Latin music though. That, that it's a that's a whole sort of chain of things that are happening. Still, each yeah, it's sort still, of a, yeah. You know. You're setting the tempos and the the uh, the the moods and keeping everything in there. And I don't want to notice it too much, so I couldn't be uh, critical of his playing. But I've uh, I've always enjoyed the total effect of the out his albums. I've, and I've dug back into his catalog. Uh, which uh, Deezer has a lot of too. And uh, I've been generally pleased with uh, all of his uh, albums. So I'm kind of happy to to see that uh, this album in there because so we were listening to it since it came out 
and it yeah. was really good. Um, however, what, what uh, intrigued? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, what intrigued me about this is the whole idea of setting uh, John Coltrane's music to like these Latin rhythms. That's um, a great concept. Was, yeah. Yeah, it is a great concept. But there was also um, a few years back, uh, Carlos Henriquez, who plays in the uh, the Lincoln Center Jazz Orchestra, um, did a did a Latin jazz album of uh, Dizzy Gillespie's music called Dizzy Conclave. Look that up. Um, that's also a fantastic thing. I really like this idea of taking these great um, jazz icons, the music of these great jazz icons, and setting them to these to these Latin rhythms. You know, with with all the same melodies and stuff. It's it's really fantastic. It just gives a gives it a different uh, a whole different feel. You know, but Dizzy had a lot of uh, Cuban music uh, in his with yeah, uh, Puzo yeah. and. Uh, Things mm. from the '40s, the Cuban uh, influence. Uh, it's it's really interesting to have the Coltrane tunes in this way. So I, this definitely is the most enjoyable album for me. Uh, I'd yeah. get right at this point. I, we haven't mentioned we haven't mentioned uh, you know what we would have liked to have seen, but uh, in the Latin jazz in particular, uh, there was an album that uh, I came across this year. And um, then uh, I introduced it to you, and it didn't get a mention. But that was an album uh, called uh, Rebirth by Ray Mantilla. Ray Mantilla, yeah. And uh, Ray Mantilla is another uh, conga and percussion player uh, centered in, around New York who is really a, a big figure in the emerging sort of Afro-Cuban scene of music uh, going back a long time. And... He played with many jazz greats who were experimenting with his own. I believe he played with uh, Mingus. He was also in uh, Dizzy Gillespie's uh, band when it toured Cuba. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's very much a uh, ensemble player. I, I don't think he likes to stick out as you know the, the center player, but uh, musicians were always in his praise as a great percussionist and uh this is a very uh subtle album compared to the poncho sanchez uh, when it's on the savant label uh rebirth but uh, it was released in 2020 it could have been uh a nomination and uh ray Montia passed away before its release right but, yeah. but he did live long enough to review all of the recordings and give his approval to the final um mm-hmm. mixing and mastering of them so I would have liked to have seen uh, this album get some recognition for, you know, a player who contributed a lot to the Latin jazz um, genre and uh, was well respected, but maybe people forgot about him in his later years. And and so this is sort of, you know, his last contribution uh, that was out there and it sort of went under the radar. So uh, it's a very nice recording, uh, if a bit subdued. So anyway... To Ray Mantia, thank you very much. And uh, anyone who's looking for something that's not on the list to listen to, I can definitely recommend that one. I'll put a link to it in the notes for this podcast. Very nice. So, who do you choose from? Who do you who do you choose in this group? Would you like the best? This was actually a pretty good group. I I will go for everything but the Pancho Sanchez for fun, or uh, the one I I I'll go for uh, Chico Pinheiro. And maybe next time for the Afro-Peruvian, uh, after I hear some more of hmm. them, yeah. Okay, so my pick from this group, I, I liked every, I liked really all of this except for the Arturo Faro. Yes, 
I'll choose. I'll go for Pancho Sanchez since I've been listening to that all year. Yeah, um, yeah Trains Delight. One. Yeah, I really liked it a lot. It's a fun record. Who's going to yeah. win the group? I'm going to predict Gonzalo Rubalcaba. Yeah, possible. Okay. Yeah, that's what I say. Uh, the other all thing, right. before we go to the next category, because um, uh, we've covered all the jazz ones, and we're going to go to the contemporary instrumental music. Uh, however, 2020 was the 100th anniversary of the birth of Charlie Parker, oh. uh, the arguably most important uh, bebop musician, innovator of jazz. And there was a great album on uh, Smoke Session Records called uh, Bird at 100. Mm -hmm. And it was a celebration of the contributions of Charlie Parker to jazz. And it features uh, three of the great alto players of today, uh, Vincent Herring, Bobby Watson, and also Gary Bartz. And... Mm -hmm. uh, it's a great celebration of alto sax and uh, Charlie Parker's music. Uh, also uh, includes uh, Dave Kikoski on piano. Oh. Uh, it's a great live recording. Actually, uh, it's a lot to pack in with three different alto players, but there's some smoking solos and uh, great ensemble work here. Uh, and this is another album uh historically significant we'll probably be talking in the next couple of weeks about uh, all the beethoven records that uh, came out <laughs> in the anniversary so oh, yeah. not to forget charlie parker at a hundred years uh, um sort of moment in jazz that i think the awards should mention so i would have liked to have seen this uh, album get a mention in the jazz category another one on smoke session records that uh, i'd like to point out is uh an album called Shuffle and Deal by the ah, seminal yeah. trumpeter uh, Eddie Henderson, who's been yeah. around for years. He recorded this album in 2020 at the age of 80. Yeah. How 80 years that? old, and he still has great trumpet chops. This is a nice album. Uh, he's not showing any sign of age. His chops aren't failing him like uh, tends to happen with trumpet players. Uh, so I'd like to give some uh, recognition to him. Uh, he's still going strong. Uh, a couple other albums uh, on Smoke too that I thought uh, were good for this year. Uh, Jeremy, or no, I'm sorry, Peter Bernstein, uh, the guitarist, had a great smoking release, What Happens Next, although I think this came out too late for uh, Grammy nominations, although mm -hmm. it may not get uh, recognized. A very uh, subtle and intriguing guitarist, and the trombonist, uh, Steve Davis, has a nice release called Correlations, uh, which has some great ensemble work. And uh, mm. also on a high note, another fine uh, trumpet player, Jeremy Pelt. And I know, Mike, you uh, know Yeah, some I of like this stuff. album too, The Art of, uh, the art of Intimacy. Say, yeah. uh, right. A drummerless uh, recording. Uh, so just piano, bass, and uh, trumpet. And, uh, yeah, there are apparently going to be more of those. That's a volume yeah, this one. This was volume one. Uh, mm. So uh, he's a trumpeter that I always look forward to, but doesn't get a lot of recognition like many others. So um, those are some other albums I just thought I'd throw out there that I enjoyed this year, but uh, don't show up in any uh, categories. And one more in the Latin jazz category uh, on uh, the Savant label, uh, a recording with... Uh, a previous winner and multiple nominations uh, player, uh, Paquito de Rivera, 
the oh. uh, Cuban. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I remember clarinetist this record, yeah. and uh, alto player. Uh, mm-hmm. But he released a recording uh, with the Argentinian trumpet player Diego Orcola called El Duelo, and yeah. uh, Orcola has been. Uh, he was on that. Uh, what was that? A few years ago, Brian Lynch, wasn't it? The uh, was he on that record? That uh, what was it? Maduro. Latino yeah, also. I should I should mention the Diego Urcola record um, came out after September first, so it wouldn't oh, was have, it? Of, yeah, it wouldn't have qualified for late. the uh, Grammys this year. It oh, might okay. be on next year's. We'll it have to see. Be. Yeah, I'm not sure if it'll generate much interest, but I'm I'm happy to see these international players uh, getting some recognition uh, from uh, other countries that uh, probably don't get a lot of uh, recognition in the U.S. So that's one to watch out for. Uh, and uh, as we also uh, talked about, uh, the Christian McBride Big Brand uh, album came out a little bit too late for this year's nominations. So we expect to see that probably in the jazz list next year. That's a real fun one. Um, yeah. Too. So. One uh, more. Um, there, there's also a record. This one should have qualified for this year's uh, Nubia Garcia's record. Source. She's a saxophone player. Right. And this record made a really big splash this year. It was on everybody's year-end list, except for the Grammys. So check that out. Nubia yeah. Garcia, Source. It's got a beautiful right. album cover, too. I like it a lot. So that wraps up the uh, jazz categories. And we've got one left, which is the uh, contemporary, contemporary instrumental album. And here yeah. we have uh, the previously like referred jazz, to... jazz, but it isn't. Uh, Axiom, Christian Scott, Atunde Ajuha. The next one is Chronology of a Dream, Live at the Village Vanguard by John Baptiste. Take mm-hmm. the Stairs by Black Violin. Uh, Americana, I'm not sure how to pronounce this name. Grégoire uh, Marais, Grégoire Marais, and, and Bill Frizzell. Bill Frizzell. And finally, yeah. uh, Live at the Royal Albert Hall, Snarky Puppy. Okay. Take it away, Mike. We've already discussed the axiom a bit, so... All right, let's go back to this. Um, okay, this is a live performance um, of uh, Christian Scott Atunde Ajua's works from previous albums. I rather like him. He's, he's He claims, at the very beginning, he makes an announcement to the audience that uh, he's trying something new and that he's trying to find the power of jazz, right? He wants to, like, split the atom of, of jazz or whatever. And... I'm not really sure he's doing that, but it's nice to have a uh, statement of purpose, I guess, and you just kind of go from there. Um, I I liked... Uh, I have kind of issues with this. I liked it. I liked the compositions. I liked a lot of his soloing. Uh, he is not a uh, subtle player. I mean, he's very loud and brash, okay? And uh, the thing I liked most about this album is, as on every... Christian Scarratunda Ajoa album is the soloing of the flute player um, Elena Pinderhues. I really like her playing a lot, but it's, but especially more on older albums that Atunda Ajoa did. My big issue with this album is it's the sound quality. It sounds really distorted, and it's a um, it's a live performance. And I can't help but wonder if that's actually what the ensemble sounded like live. I can't really make out what his sound is. It's got a lot of effects on it. Um, a lot of filters, it sounds like, and it's 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 very distorted. I guess he wants that sound because that's what his albums tend to sound like. But I don't it's know. It's too I, much I, too I much electronics putting... for me. And as I mentioned before, the the percussion started to 
knock on my head a bit. Um, I like yeah. some parts. I like the flute. I like some of the grooves. Mm. But uh, overall, um, it's just a bit uh, too much there. And as you said, the 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 distortion in the in the recording uh, is also apparent too. So uh, it's just not something that I really can appreciate very much on on this album so yeah he's very much rooted too in his playing and in all the percussion in his um, new orleans um kind of origins um the whole you know mardi gras sort of tribe thing okay and you, you hear a lot of that on on his albums in general and on this one too so um i like i like what he does this i don't know this was kind of i like the music i liked hearing elena pinderhue's solo I like I like him when he really wails. He's it sounds you know it's it's he's got some he's got some power when he plays, um, I, but the overall sound of the album I didn't really I kind of got used to it after a while. But you shouldn't have to do that. All right. Anyway, next one. Uh, Chronology of a Dream live at the Village Vanguard by John Batiste, who it's many a- listeners will probably know as the uh, band leader on uh, Late Night with uh, Stephen Colbert. It's interesting um, that uh, this doesn't make it in a jazz category. Um, yeah, it's a jazz it, record. It, it seems more jazz than some of the other ones. But yeah. yet, strictly speaking, yeah, maybe not. Um, this is a fun and funky recording. Uh, I thought so, yeah. It has like an extremely enthusiastic crowd yeah. uh, in it. Uh, I would, on the good side, uh, he does a lot of interesting things on piano uh including a lot of different styles of playing he even actually does a little bit of stride piano uh Mm. on one of these cuts uh and so the piano playing is uh fun and funky uh it's a good time uh a great live date i didn't find the ensemble arrangements to be anything inspiring you know this sort of basic uh backups to his show but uh, as an instrumental recording that's probably accessible to a lot of people and uh, has some really good playing and good energy, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's a fun recording. Good playing, good energy. He's a really um, riveting pianist. Yeah. But in, in the rhythms and the figurations he plays, uh, this, this ensemble doesn't really go into any sort of uncharted territory as far as uh, improvisation goes. They no. kind of stick to piano kind of re- and yeah, supporting, supporting what he's doing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another issue I had with this album, one issue I had with the album, is it's 32 minutes long. This is a, a live set at the uh, Village Vanguard. It was only half an hour. They had to play longer than that. Yeah. Why not put the whole set on the on the record? Okay. Give us at least wonder. an hour. I don't know. Next, Take the Sca- Stairs by Black Violin. I would say this was not a jazz uh, album at all. Uh, <laughs> this- I wrote Violins Meet Hip Hop. <laughs> Lots of exactly vocals, that's what I have too. Uh, heavy, heavy production. Um, yeah, yeah. It was like hip hop beats with kind of um, violins with a lot of effects on them. Yeah, I, I really couldn't find anything that I wanted to listen to on this one. Um, yeah, not my thing at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, next we have uh, Americana. Here's uh, Gregoire Marais again. Uh, he he figured on an earlier. One of the earlier albums we talked about too, yeah. Um, Romain Collin and Bill Frizzell, who's who I really love, uh, guitarist. This is from Baltimore. Uh, this is a very subtle and laid back recording. It's yeah. very beautiful, um, spacious. A lot of space yes. between the uh, um, players. 
You know, as as a lot of Frizzell recordings are, um, there's a lot there's a lot to hear here if you're in the mood for something that's very uh, very very open and laid back. Uh, I really liked it, and the the recording quality is uh, excellent too. The sound quality of yeah. this recording is good. Um, that jumped out at me too. We but should mention that Marais is a harmonica player, so the lead yes. instrument here is a harmonica, yeah, which, which is, is also kind of intriguing. Intriguing. This is the antithesis of the uh, Batiste recording. I mean, that hmm. one will get you upping, bouncing, and this one will have you, you know, really relaxed and laid out. Um, I don't know if a lot of people will be able to uh, relax enough and open their mind to hear the subtlety in here, mm. which is really, I mean, it plays to all of uh, Bill Fursell's strong points of right. what he can do with space and tones and things. But it's very beautiful recording uh, and some nice songs here. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this one. All right. Less Snarky Puppy, live at the Royal Albert Hall. Okay, Snarky Puppy are an instrumental ensemble, and they specialize in funk grooves, although they're kind of laid back here, these intricate funk grooves. Um, this album doesn't... It, it's very good. I mean, they groove a lot, but they're playing in a big hall here. You can hear the enormous crowd um, cheering for them. I I don't feel like the acoustic does them any favors. They're, they're, they're very much a live band, so they don't really come across on studio recordings very well. And yet, I feel like this hall was like too big for them somehow. I thought this album was kind of... It was okay. Uh, I liked it. I like them a lot, generally. But uh, this didn't really um, excite me much. I just found it enjoyable. It didn't really stand out. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of this kind of music, uh, this sort of funky fusion jazz. Mm. Uh, as I said, when I was younger, I liked it a lot. The musicianship is absolutely great, I have to say that. Mm. And there's some really, really nice solos uh, mm-hmm. on this recording. Um, so... Yeah, it's just not my thing, but the uh, the craftsmanship and the musicianship uh, the players show here is is really good. Um, I I think yep the uh, a hall is not really the best setting for for them, like you say. Um, yeah, there's a big yeah. uh, there's a big spacious acoustic, and I yeah. think a lot of the intricate detail. And their playing yeah. gets lost in that kind of uh, resonance of the of the space. Right. Um, I want to mention before we uh, make our pick, one album that I think is missing from this uh, group is um, an album by a group from Boston called Lettuce L E T T U C E. You know the stuff you put on your salad in your salad. Uh, an album called Resonate. Okay, and it's just these these slamming funky grooves. Um, it's 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 really fantastic, really energizing. Uh, I recommend everybody listening to that. All these just instrumental funk jams. I, I think I you recommended that to me after we ate those big steaks and we listened oh. to it a bit, and it was quite funky. Yeah, um, I, I feel like that belongs on this list rather than the yeah, uh, snarky. There's a puppy, lot that snarky... could fit into this category, mm-hmm. right? Unfortunately, we've got you know this is including a lot of jazz um, where it wouldn't have to. I think there's a lot yeah. of things that could be in this category. Um, th- this Grammy categorization is a bit perplexing to me. Um, well, it would be that's inter- always the be case. Nice to see some some different types of things in here, but such is what we have. Uh, I don't know. 
Personally, for me, I guess I enjoyed the Americana uh, one the most. Uh, however, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Batiste win because uh, it's huh. the most fun. Uh, I guess if they're being artsy, they might say, oh, the Christian Scott is uh, some sort of statement. Or oh, I don't, I I don't know what was, they'll go really. with. Yeah. Okay, I I would pick Americana in this group. I thought that was the... It, it just sounded so good. There was a lot of space. Uh, I would pick uh, Christian Scott too because I liked that record, but the sound quality of it put me off a bit. So I'm going to go for Americana. My pick to win, the, who I think they're going to give it to, is Snarky Puppy because I'm cynical and they always give it to Snarky Puppy. They really like this uh, this group a lot. Anyway. Yeah, it's neither here nor there for me, that group. Um whatever hmm. anyway there it is that's our uh, jazz Grammy um, discussion uh, we'll be back eventually to go over the winners and see who uh, you know wh- whether we I'm, were I can't right wait till we get back to just focusing on music that we already picked <laughs> I, yeah. I know we thought this would be kind of fun and it turned out to be kind of a lot this of is work. a chore I needed multiple adult beverages to uh, get through yeah. this and maybe our listeners will have needed them too to get through to right. the end but yeah by the way if anybody really enjoyed this and you want you want us to do this uh you know more often uh make a donation <laughs> okay so that we can make a living listening to music and talking about this um, that's right otherwise and we're just gonna go back to what we like what you like what you're interested in yeah if, if anybody you would wants like us to talk to about an album to. you like you want us to talk about it please uh write in con- in the comments and we'll be glad to uh that's take right. a listen We've- We've had uh, a, a reasonable amount of listener uh, numbers for what we've done mm-hmm. so far, but we've yet to get any comments or feedback. So uh, I think that uh, if you have anything you'd like to add to the discussion, uh, I've already decided uh, what we'll do if we get any negative comments. Uh, since this is mm-hmm. adult music, I'll just tell mm-hmm. you to grow up. Yes, grow up. Be an adult. <laughs> grow up. No, but seriously. I don't think, seriously. I don't think any like, immature minds are going to be listening to this anyway. No, I don't think so. No <laughs> one will have lasted this long. But yeah. uh, that'll wrap things up for episode Today? three, the yeah. adult Grammys jazz. We're going to do the adult classical Grammys next, I think. Oh, yes. <laughs> we still I don't know do if that. I'm I think going that's to be, gonna be to, more of a chore. I don't know if this. I'm going to make it through all of those vocal recordings. That's not really my thing. Okay, uh, I can I can take up some of this. We, we might have to split there. this load because there are a lot of yes. there are eight categories in the classical. We'll work out a strategy, Grammys. a battle plan for dealing with these. Uh, okay, and then meanwhile the new releases will pile up that pique our interest to yeah review. I've already got uh, a few. regardless of other yeah. people's uh, estimations. So I've already got about three shows worth. So we're gonna be busy. I think we'll be busy. Anyway, right. thank anyway, you for this was tuning fun in. now that it's it, over. I hope it you was fun it. now that it's over, and mm. we look forward to more reviews, listening, and comments on a variety of music forms that fit the mature mind for adult music. So, thank you for listening, and we'll see you again for episode four coming soon. Mm-hmm.